Welcome to our Saturday simulcast following the Boilermakers, Purdue Boilermakers, that is, 49-30 win over the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, Veterans Day uh, and Military Day at, at Purdue, and a very successful one at that. I want to thank our sponsor, the Union Club Hotel, Boiler Up Bar, 811 Bistro. Uh, we appreciate them as sponsors as well. I'll start with you, Tom. Uh, certainly, a you know, Purdue scores more points today than they did in the, its previous four games. Maybe the competition was a little bit different. I understand that, but really, uh, you have to look at it and say, had you can't can't be anything less than a step in the right direction if you're Purdue. Is that uh, you agree with that statement? Oh yeah, just God relief, you know, to finally get a win in that four game slide. Um, uh, just to get that taste of victory right now. You talked about the offense, getting that that unit back on track. It, it kind of it has undergone a lot of criticism, a lot of focus, a lot of scrutiny of late. I, th I think with, with good reason, right? Some people really wondered if there was much of an identity there. And there was certainly a lack of consistency. And, yeah, they've been, they've been hit with injuries that have really impacted that line up front. Um, but yeah, just to get that win for the offense to score 49 points, I didn't envision this at all. I don't think anybody did. Highest out point of the year, obviously, the most since Illinois. I think they had what? They had 44 against Illinois way back on September 30th. So first time Purdue had scored more than 14 points in a game since then. So on and on you can go with the offensive superlatives tonight, guys. 604 yards of offense. Purdue crested 600 yards last year against Nebraska, 340 yards rushing, I think. You know, most since 2018 against Eastern Michigan. Just a lot of positives, right, for Purdue as they're trying to finish this season with some momentum. You know, Mike, I thought one of the things early on, which was interesting, just a little thing, maybe, maybe not so little, and that was that Hudson Card, Hudson Card's decision-making in the fact early in the game – that he tucked the ball and ran it and, and Purdue's offense moved the chains early and a couple key situations set the tone for what was going to be a, a, a record offensive day, certainly for the Ryan Walters era. Yeah. A couple things there. Uh, number one, in my opinion, he was quick with his decisions, whether yeah. he was yeah. going to, to pass it or run it. They incorporated a little bit more zone read with him and, whether they allowed him to read what was going to happen or they encouraged him to take keep the ball, yeah. you know, we'll never we'll never know. So those two things kind of I thought pushed that offense forward. Um, but to me, you know, for for him to have his success, for them to have the running success they had, you know, the offensive line was the best it's been all year. And this is a group yeah. that has been beat up, injured. Guys are, you know, Gus Hardwick is going to to right tackle at times, and they're they've been mixing and matching all season because they've just had so many injuries. And for them to step up, I mean, Minnesota doesn't have a bad defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fourth in the league, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, so that offensive line protected Card, and when and when Minnesota defenders got loose, he was able to to get outside the pocket and make some plays. Um, I thought he played a lot more composed. Um, than he than he had than he had been. Uh, he didn't seem as jittery uh, in the pocket, and um, I think that led to good things all the way around. You know, he was on time with his throws. He he found he found the open guys, and there were a lot of open guys <laughs> today. Yeah, yes, there were. And I you know, and I thought you know some of the plays that they ran, and as Tom mentioned, there's been a lot of criticism for the offense. I did. There was a 
there was a hint of a little bit more creativity with with what happened with what happened today. So is it is a great day for the for the offense, but I mean you have to remember, and I think a lot of people will forget this, the way this game started. Mm-hmm, Minnesota yeah. went right down the field, scored, and right. that sucked that sucked some of the energy out of the out of the stadium. And you thought that this was going to be a long day for Purdue, but credit the offense, credit the players for getting this thing back on track. And once they got going, they they really didn't stop today. Yeah, I, I thought for the first time too, it, it Purdue was mixing and matching, uh, doing some formational things that uh, you guys may understand better than I do. But I thought the one touchdown pass to Garrett Miller was a well-devised play where, you know, I had a couple fakes in the backfield and all of a sudden it's the, the, the seas parted and he was open. Uh, you know, TJ Sheffield's touchdown reception was a great catch or a great play. It looked like at least a, at a quick glance uh, as well. But Tom, you know, getting, finding a way this, you know, to get somebody on, on their heels has to be part of this uh, air raid offense that we haven't seen much of and for that each week. But, uh, you know, what, you know, you look at that and say that has to, and then you have a couple games down the stretch here. Now Northwestern's been really good defensively. I get that. Uh, Indiana, not so much maybe, but, uh, but has had its moments. My point is you got an opportunity really here for the next couple of weeks to, to, to get some momentum from an offensive standpoint, from, from an identity standpoint, like you talked about. Yeah, you're right. And uh, to finish strong, right. After that two and seven start, somehow they could finish five and seven. Boy, I think um, you'd never be so happy in your life to see a five and seven record, <laughs> and uh, give gives that team something at least positive to leave the, the season with, right? And um, you know, you, you, you talked about the offense, Hudson Carr. You know, Garrett Miller's touchdown. He, he, you know, Coach Walters talked about Garrett in the post game, six catches, sixty five yards. Sort of nice to see him have, have a nice ball game. And how about the running backs, right? Devin Mockaby, yeah. you know, Tyrone Tracy, just terrific. Uh, both running for over 100 yards today. And, and I tell you what, Coach Walters talked about both those backs, how hard they run. And he also talked about some of the plays Graham Harrell drew up as well. So uh, just, you know, the, the balance today, the off, the passing and, and, and the running was terrific. And Hudson Card, again, guys, um, Coach Walters talked about him in the postgame. Thinks he's finally healthy. He's trusting his players, trusting his teammates. And, boy, he talked about some of the, the execution – that he pulled off today, it was uh, it was impressive. And guys, it was kind of cool that one play where he simple hand a uh, ball faked uh, Devin Mockaby, I think it was or Tracy, and went right up the gut and ran right down the field, and he caught that that long uh, that long pass. Uh, it, it was nice to see this offense finally have some success. And Mike talked about the line too, guys. Josh Kaltenberger uh, didn't play last week, got on the field this week. You know Ben Farrell, the NAIA kid on the other side. <laughs> Again, um, like you said, this wasn't a chopped liver uh, Minnesota defense. So kudos to that front for, for keeping it together and getting a push all night, guys. Hudson Card was only sacked one time, and he didn't seem to play, play under quite as much duress as we've seen in, in, in recent weeks. 
Yeah, Ben Farrell, I almost got shown the door. Though. I got what he got. Well, he got one <laughs> penalty, and he was chirping. I don't know what what was getting into him, but uh, Tim Newton was talking about him sitting in the radio booth talking about the, the fact that uh, he was like one step away, and Purdue did, could not afford to have to lose anybody uh, to, uh, to a second penalty or whatever the rules are there. But yeah, I, I thought also you look at you know Gus Hardwick. God love him. He's going in and out uh, uh, and and just finding a way to get it done. I thought that was a, a huge part of things as well. And Maccabi getting finally getting loose. He's had, you know, he's had two 65 yard plus runs against Minnesota in yeah. consecutive years, but he's holding on. It's funny. You don't think he can run away with anybody because he's holding, he's got both arms around the football like this, you know, he, he, he has to slow him down. But uh, that big run there to really was uh, kind of set the tone for making giving Purdue, I think, a little bit of breathing room down the stretch. And 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 again, an offense that might give some people some these at least the last two opponents uh, some things to think about. Mike, you know, you look at Northwestern, and we and I know we're not none of us have watched every game or what the Wildcats have put together. But what an amazing year they've had, considering the season they've had, uh, or how it started with Pat Fitzgerald and that how they're embroiled in it, not that the players necessarily care about this, but they're still got a big vote next week about whether they're going to allow their stadium to move forward with concerts, all that kind of stuff. That has nothing to do with the Northwestern football team, but it's been really impressive in terms of how they brought to, brought it to table. Now they are within a game of being bowl eligible and they have to look at the game next week. Northwestern does and says, we got to get this one. Uh, to get this uh, get to the bowl and yet Iowa now looks like it's pretty much locked up the Big Ten West uh, as if we were all on pins and needles of what who was going to win that but Mike talk about that we've kind of been in this situation before going up to games up there where uh, you know there's there's some things riding on it and some things that you don't necessarily look forward or look see they're right in front of you that are really end up being really important when, when these two teams get together yeah um you know, in Northwestern, as you mentioned, what 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 they went through in the off season and to be in a position, you know, they got they got two chances to get one victory to get bowl eligible, and that would be a, a you know a crowning achievement for this year's team to to get that done. But from Purdue's standpoint, you know, can they put back to back games together against yeah, great question programs and teams that they're equal? I mean, these are teams you need to beat right. on a consistent basis. Uh, Northwestern, at least under Fitzgerald, gave Purdue fits uh, with their physical play up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but Minnesota had given Purdue fits too over the yeah. years. Um, I was shocked when I looked up that Minnesota was eight and two against Purdue in the last ten meetings. Yeah. It just, just I did, I just didn't think that was possible. But with you know, with Northwestern, you know, it, it's similar to Minnesota where you have to, you have to come out, you know, on a hot start. You have to come out eager to go and you know and that's the thing now is with this team this year and I think one thing that probably will get overlooked a little bit is that you know Purdue basically was eliminated from bulk contention last week against Michigan I, you know I know five and seven and there's a chance that something could happen does the but APR matter anymore I don't even know but we'll, we'll I don't get know. into that just but <laughs> I, I, I think we're all working under the assumption that Purdue's yes, not going going to a, a bowl fair game. assumption and you have a first-year coach first-year staff young coaches and to keep this team together the way that it did, and I know Ryan Walters talked about it a little bit in, the, in his post game, but to keep it together and then come out and have this kind of performance, you know, I think you got to give the people inside that building some credit for, for doing that. 
you know, we're, we're always quick to, to point fingers or, you know, <laughs> criticize, but, you know, if, if, if they can continue something mm-hmm. along what happened today, not necessarily win the game, but continue the, the play that they had on both sides of the ball, then, you know, that's a credit to, to Walters and his staff for, for keeping a team from just going in a different direction, knowing that they're, there's nothing beyond Thanksgiving for them from a playing standpoint. And that's why these next two games are important. And as I've mentioned before, I don't believe in momentum from season to season, <laughs> but you can, you can do enough good things these last two games to make you feel good and maybe get rid of some bad habits and start pushing, pushing things in the, in, in the right direction. Yeah, I would agree that it's tougher and tougher to have momentum from season to season with the transfer portal. But I would say I would I don't bone to pick much with you. I never would with you, Mike. Anyway, I'd be a silly thing for me to try to do. But if I was going to do it, I would say this coaching staff needs that they need to have that positive vibe. Oh, yeah. it's momentum. And, and I think right. that that's and I'm not and you're I don't, you weren't necessarily hinting that that, that no. was part of the momentum. No, they got that they're going to go. They're going to have to go out and sell something. Yes, to either critical. A, a transfer, recruiting, whatever. They have to go out and sell it. And if you, again, if you are 2-1 and one these last three games, 3-0, and oh, whatever you are, um, you, you have something to sell. You have something to promote within your program. And you can have some momentum that way, but, you know, rosters change so much, it's very hard to do. But they have to have something to sell. And this is a starting point for them to have something to sell. Yeah, I think that is a true thing when Tom, you know, you cover recruiting and, mm-hmm. and you look at where Purdue is and it's still got a good class that's that they're that like every other, but it is, they're not really any different than most anybody else where Purdue is in the marketplace. You got to hang on to that class. And like what Mike had said, this can help because all of a sudden you have a little bit of tangible evidence that, you know, we can do some good things. Uh, we being Purdue. And, and I think that that's a, that's an important thing. I wanted to ask you, Tom, because you and I talked and Mike were, I think you were there on Monday as well with the press conference, just watching Ryan Walters a little bit. I, I was impressed just kind of watching his body language. This is like last Monday in terms of not, he's not, he's never over talking or talking about what he's going to do, but there was a quiet confidence or something about him that I, that, that I saw in him. Did you see that again after the game today? Probably he was pretty happy, but that also that ability, even at 37 years old, that you want to show that, you know, we still got this thing, guys. And he's probably, it seemed to me, maybe if that if that spilled over into onto the practice field this week, that can't help but have kept that, adi- that attitude and those kind of things that are intangible that can keep Purdue moving forward. Do you have that, any of that same sense, Tom, still after last yeah. week? I don't think this staff lacks for confidence at all. I don't think Ryan yeah. Walters leads that parade. Yeah, you know, probably more, true. <laughs> more power to him, right? You got to yeah. believe in yourself or no one's going to believe in you. So you need that. Uh, you need to sort of lock out the outside world too. Don't listen to all that noise. I know it's easier said than done. Um, but yeah, he talked about how everybody in that building still sort of believes in the staff and what they're, what they're preaching. And he's always quick to praise his assistant coaches. He, he mentioned, of course, Graham Harrell tonight and Marcus Johnson, the offensive line coach. So, yeah, you know, uh, and you got to believe him, right? The, he talked about how, how the players are still all buying in. And, and there has been no backbiting. Um, the, the locker room has not turned against anybody. And, and he talked, I think, on Monday, too, about that, about how he's been part mm-hmm. of the locker room where the season has fallen apart. And you get that, guys, that start to check out. 
you know, lose, lose, lose interest and may not be playing their best. So he didn't get the sense that was happening at all with this team. And I think we maybe saw some evidence of that today against Minnesota. That certainly looked like a team that was still dialed in and hungry despite being two and seven and seemingly having nothing to play for. Right. So a good sign. It's, it's, it's a real good sign um, because the season's long, as you guys know, prep football is hard. It's a lot of drudgery, a lot of practice. We're into mid-November now. Guys are tired and you're losing and it's easy. I could see where it'd be easy to want to check out, but again, kudos to everybody for, for keeping keeping together and keeping on the same page. And again, this is a great, just a, a great sign and, and, and something positive for the program. You know, and again, just one, one, one class, one last look back at the game, guys, the big plays, right? The big plays. Seems like every week I'm lamenting the lack of big plays and they were all over the board today of uh, the 65 yard Mockaby run, 33 yard Tracy run, Dylan Downey had a 24 yard run. The long pass plays, Burks had a 42-yarder, Miller a 20-yarder. On and on it went, and no turnovers, right? Big plays and no turnovers. And, and again, lastly, too, um, who gave up that late touchdown in the first half to make it 28-20, yeah. kind of demoralizing. Uh, it, was, it was very much a ball game, obviously. And the, and the fact that Purdue came out and never really let Minnesota get in the game what was I thought impressive as well. And that could have been sort of a demoralizing sequence there late where they gave up that touchdown to make it 28 to 20. So another, another positive takeaway from, from, you know, I, I gave that for all intents and purposes. If you're a fan, it was perfect. Great tailgating weather. Yeah. It was good. Ryan Walters too, guys. Lastly, I'll say this, Ryan Walters made a point of starting his press conference with wanting to thank the fans, of course. And uh, he knows he's had a heck of a lot of great support this year. And for that for that type of crowd to show out today, I know the weather was good, but still, I think says a lot about uh, about the fan base and how it feels about the football program. Yeah, within two thousand seats of a sellout. Uh, yes, some went home after halftime, especially after it got cool, a little bit cooler, and the game was not in jeopardy. But I would agree. I think you have to look at that. Uh, I really was concerned about this game in terms of how many people were going to show up. Uh, if you if you're Purdue, you would and, and and we'll see what happens to bucket game two in two weeks. If the weather's decent, you'll, I'm sure you'll have a decent crowd, even though the students won't be on campus for Thanksgiving. All right, Carmen, you go, we'll give you the last word on this tonight. Uh, you can talk about Jim Harbaugh if you want. So we almost got through without talking about Jim Harbaugh. You talk can about, talk about the yes, Iowa offense. You talk about the Iowa offense. Iowa offense and and a 22 nothing shutout. Right? Was it 22 nothing? Right? And or you can talk about the 1999 Women's National <laughs> Championship, which I, I you know, I, I'm not trying to. I, it's always great to see those people and what a, what an unbelievable story that team is. And they've had their, they've been making the rounds. They were in Mackey Arena last night and got a big, big uh, ovation and well deserved. And of course, uh, today as well. And then tomorrow for their game, the women's game as well. Uh, it mm -hmm. will be the celebration that nobody knows women's basketball, pretty women's basketball better than Mike Carmen, but you're, it's your, the floor is yours to make it your best minute ever. Mike, tell us what, <laughs> tell us what you think. I, I will say this, the 99 women's basketball national championship championship team has a much better offense than I was football team this year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I, that, that is something that I will, uh, I, I'll die on that hill. Yeah, that's if, a good if, if anybody wants to challenge me. But a, a couple things. Uh, number one, and Tom may know this 
because I because I don't, and I've seen it a few times this year. But the combination of having Maccabi and Tracy on the field at the same time, whether they're in yeah. they're in the backfield or Tracy lines up in the slot, I I, I think when when Purdue had some big plays today, you know, especially on the first touchdown pass to Miller, those two guys were on the field at the same time, and I think other big plays produced were produced with those two guys on the field at the same time. I know they've done that on occasion. I don't know how many times. Tom Tom probably knows, but um, I those are two of your better playmakers. Yeah, and you've got to you've got to be aware and you've got to defend those guys. You can't just back off one and focus on the other. And those guys have proven that they can make big plays, whether it's through the through the air with Tracy, as 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 we saw today, or on the ground with Maccabi. And I, you know, that's something that you know maybe you need to see here the last couple games a little bit more than than what we've seen uh, throughout this season to maybe keep this offense. Uh, going mm-hmm. in the right direction but you know in, in in closing as people like to say uh you know nice win good win uh was uh, you know i think it was unexpected on a lot of levels you know based on getting eliminated from a bowl coming off the the loss to michigan um how would they react and then you know you go back to the start of the game and how things look didn't look very good at the beginning but for them to pick themselves up in the game but also have a really good week of practice to get ready for this game and execute at the level that they did on both sides of the ball. I know they gave up 30 points and that won't look good, but if you go in the middle of the game and see the defense, I think forced punts on four or five possessions mm-hmm. and then gave the ball back to the offense and they were able to extend the lead. I think that's where you, you give your defense a lot of credit for and not really focusing on the 30 points uh, and, and maybe the yards, but what they did in the middle of the game to give, to give their offense a chance. So, yeah, it'll be interesting next week what they do uh, against Northwestern, who's trying to be bowl eligible, um, and see see how that plays out. I think, it, you know, it should be a, a close game, and, um, you know, Purdue's going to have to take care of the ball and all that, all that kind of stuff, and Tom will uh, prepare you for all that throughout the week. Yeah, Tom. Okay, you're just any last comment from you, Tom, on that? Just to the fact that I, I agree with the whole idea of having the having playmakers on the field and Tracy. That, that was yeah. that was interesting on in a couple of situations where they were both in the backfield and they had very successful plays. But the final final word from you, Tom. Yeah, just again. I mean, there's no doubt those are arguably the team's two best playmakers. Why not get them on the field in concert? And not just their ability to run, but to catch the ball. I've had people always point that out to me. And uh, they both are very, very good pass catchers out of the backfield, too. Get them out in space, get them the ball. You can even throw the ball downfield, we saw today, with that big Tyrone Tracy pass. So, yeah, dynamic guys, and and I easily the strength of this offense this year. And, yeah, just down the stretch here, guys, it's going to be fun, like I said. See if they can take that momentum up to Evanston next week. It's not going to be easy probably going to be 20 degrees and windy no it's supposed to be 55 and sunny is what we're early early forecast if you you're are you're you are you are chad evans for this yeah you bet yeah you're right what's the you have a tree of the week bit. yeah you have a tree of the, the week, week coming up yeah, yeah i do <laughs> what is your tree of the week Sandy I, uh, I, I don't know i, I make go fun away. i make fun but i I do like that little yeah. segment that he does so but yeah chat is great by the way right, he's my, he's right. My hero. go ahead it'll probably be probably twenty thousand people there who knows i mean as you you guys have been up there a lot too that can be a real sleepy atmosphere 
And then if it's especially early, for a new 11 a.m. kick too. Yeah, yeah I mean it's going to be. Uh, it make it even sleepier, right? So uh, <laughs> you got to be ready to play, right? And uh, Purdue can just keep playing loose and free, right? The pressure's on Northwestern. They're the ones trying to to get to the the six win uh, level. Purdue can just kind of let it all hang out. So it'll be fun. I always like going up there. It's a fun trip, and uh, and yeah, it, it, it'll be another uh, another interesting tell on on how valid in this team continues to be. All right, we'll put an end to this and uh, and say thank you to both of you and thank you to the Union Club Hotel. And yes, we will be back earlier in the day next week because uh, we think that they, I don't know if it's official yet, but it's going to be a noon kick or 11 a.m. kick in in Evanston Central Time uh, for Purdue Northwestern. And uh, that will be, uh, again, an important game for both teams in one form or another. So have a great week, everybody. Thanks again, Mike and Tom, so much for your time. And we'll see you next week on our Saturday simulcast. Have a great week, rest of your weekend, everybody. Uh, and again, to our veterans, thank you for everything that uh, you do. And we'll look forward to uh, more Purdue football coverage this week on goldenblack.com.